Yo, where you at, G? I'm on G. Olowa. Uwe to G. Yo, G. Ugoopi. Hey, G. Owe here. I'm in the studio. Studio. Welcome to Amp Stories Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to M Stories Podcast. You already know it's your girl, DJ First Lady, aka G. And today we have a special guest. Special guest. Are you ready to introduce yourself? Hey, I'm so excited to be here. CSD. Oh, yeah. Tell us about yourself. <laughs> go ahead. Okay, I'm going to just go straight into it. My name is Nada, but I also go by Ned. I'm a DJ based in Cairo, Egypt. I was also born and raised here in Cairo, a full-time DJ now. Awesome. First of all, people are going to be like, how do you know someone from Cairo, Egypt? Dang, G, you global. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? So how do we know each other, Nana? How do we know each other? So me and you go way back. Way back. Okay, I think we've known each other for like almost like eight or nine years. I want to say. Yeah. Isn't that insane? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> wow. But yeah, me and you met in Q's. Syracuse. Shout out to the Orange Nation. Syracuse is a good place. It's a really good place. I don't know about it now, but anyways, we're not yeah. here to enjoy Syracuse University. But <laughs> yes, me and that go way back to college days. And college was a long time ago. Now that I think about it, I graduated six years ago, seven, six, five, whatever. I'm young, guys. I'm young. It don't even matter. (laughs) Honestly, it's crazy when I think back uh, to Syracuse because I was so close to not going, actually. And then I ended up like so much in my life changed for the better because of Syracuse and the people that Mm -hmm. I met there and the stuff that I did there. So it was just life changing. And I can't believe how faith works (laughs) yes no legit legit how faith works because that was a school i really wanted to go to if i didn't go to syracuse i don't know what i would have done with my life there was always a way for me i'm like oh i gotta go to syracuse i'm gonna go to this school and then transfer to this school i try to go to a school right next to it and i had to go back to long story short i made it to syracuse it doesn't matter but today it's all about you dj (laughs) nets DJ Ned, tell us about how life was after college. What happened? What was the transition? Did you stay in queues for longer? What did you do? People don't know that. Yes. So I was an international student at Syracuse University, and I wasn't sure really what I wanted to do after I graduated still. And so I was going through a bit of like personal stuff during the time that like led me to not have a job lined up right out of college, which was not the best situation, obviously, but on the positive side, it allowed me like a lot of time to explore and like uh, try new different things and kind of like see what I would like to do. So after college, after I graduated, I moved to LA for a year and I worked in fashion PR for a bit. And then, yeah, after about a year, I had to move back to Egypt. It was a bit of a journey, honestly. <laughs> like I really, like if you knew me when I was in college, you know that I didn't, I really didn't want to come back to Egypt after I graduated. <laughs> but if I'm being real, like I've really learned how to make the most out of being here. Because just like for a variety of reasons related to like my upbringing and my childhood and just the culture here, I didn't feel like it was the best place for me to thrive necessarily. But you just got to make lemons from lemonade. Like when life is just like putting you somewhere, you have to trust that like this is the place that you were meant to be to like grow and flourish into the person that you need to be. (laughs) When you say thriving what do you mean so why did you think you wouldn't be able to thrive back home Mm. just the way that the society that I'm exposed to at least obviously I can't speak for the entire Egyptian population but just the society that I'm exposed to I feel like there's a very certain way of doing things like there's a certain path that you follow in life you go to school you go to college you study certain things you work certain jobs you get married at a certain age and then you have a kid and then you don't work anymore and that's your life cycle and so I mean just the fact that I'm 
26 at the moment. Um, I don't have a full-time job. What I'm doing full-time is DJing is in and of itself just like shocking to so many people. When I introduce myself to people here for the first like few months, I would kind of say, oh yeah, I'm a DJ. Like I wouldn't be, I would kind of whisper it almost like I wouldn't be confident. confident. Yeah. I was already like anticipating a certain reaction from people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was definitely like a struggle, like reaching me being here and also reaching I'm still honestly working on like fully like embracing who I am and what I'm doing now do you have family support I think that's major so yeah uh the family who know (laughs) 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 not the aunties back in the you know little suburban areas we don't want to tell them what's going on no like honestly I feel like everyone who figures it out almost also you got to give them like a little bite you can't give them like everything all at once (laughs) otherwise it's gonna be too much but um yeah just the to me at least specifically the only person's opinion who matters is my mom's and if my mom knows what I'm doing and is supportive of what I'm doing then I don't really need anything else (laughs) has she been to any of your gigs no (laughs) that would be insane honestly you know what's crazy actually my mom is like not a music person at all Mm. I got like everything like all of my music influence and taste and love and everything from my dad and from your dad yeah my mom like doesn't even really listen to music what oh no you just might need to throw a speaker in her room and lock her in there I just right indulge mother indulge okay okay that's great i'm glad the family is supportive though you know you have some people to support you that's good so when you were transitioning from being this corporate worker into dj full-time what exactly made you make the turn and also tell people a little bit more about like what you did in this corporate world like what did you study in school as well i think yeah i i studied communications in school and pr and some business and I knew that I wanted to go into the social media and marketing industry. And so like, that's what I immediately did. Like after college, like I said, I worked fashion PR when I was in LA. And then when I moved back to Egypt, I worked at this digital marketing agency and they basically just like did social media campaigns and influencer marketing campaigns and events and stuff like that just like branded activations that's what I did for two years I was at that company for two years I reached a point at the job I think honestly when COVID came around a lot changed in like I feel like a lot changes in the world. Like, I don't think that's a dramatic statement. Just like with work culture specifically, in my industry, all of a sudden, everybody's on their phones all the time at the same time. And me being like a social media marketer, all of a sudden turned that into me working all the time. So it started morphing into a different type of job description that I had initially signed up for so with time it started to just take control over more and more aspects of my personal life and just like shifted the way that I viewed like myself and the way that I prioritized everything in my life basically yeah I just reached a point where I wasn't getting back as much as I was putting into the job And then on the side, I was also still working on my mixes, putting like stuff up on SoundCloud and playing like a couple of like random gigs here and there at places that my friends owned. So it was still like nothing paid, nothing with a flyer exposure. Like I still didn't even have like a like a name that I officially went by. It was just like, oh, she's here DJing. Yeah, long story short, I was working on this campaign And then the brand manager for the campaign, like he's also like a pretty well-known DJ in the industry here through just like talking and working on the campaign together. Like we eventually, you know, got to talking about DJing and I told him, you know, I kind of am interested in this and I make mixes and post them and 
all of that stuff. And so he told me to send him something. And then a couple of months later, I found out that he sent my stuff to this pretty popular venue here, contacted me for a gig, and the rest is history. Wow. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. DJ Nets in the Hall of Fame of Music. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm sure that transition was unexpected and so would you say the lack of preparation because you didn't know it was going to happen or you thought a hobby is a hobby and my corporate job is going to be my main source of income or something that's going to use utilize my time in that moment when the transition happened with you you having your first gig to having multiple and every day then scheduling and things like that how did that make you feel it was crazy to be honest I'm someone who very much like enjoys public speaking and being sociable and being in front of people and all that kind of stuff but then when you're just kind of shoved into it for some reason it just it literally just feels like you're being shoved onto a stage and there's nobody else on the stage just like one big spotlight on you let me explain like a bit of how the transition went so when I got that first initial gig And then the ones that followed that were like a bit spread out. So they were like semi-consistent. And then after about a few months, I would get multiple in one month. And then that's when it would lead to just like my name being more well-known, I guess. And then with my background in social media and just being like a consumer of social media in general and like seeing how it works, I was like, I think, you know, I could be good at this if I try like posting something online. So I did that. And then like, obviously, I'm not going to say it was easier. It happened like instantly because there was a period of time where I was just posting stuff to like 20 followers or like my friends and family. Man, it'd be like <laughs> It'd be like that. With like two likes and one comment. <laughs> It'd be like that. Trust me. Yeah. So there was a period of time where it was like that. And then this was before I left my job still. Like it was a, a video that I posted that went completely viral, like overnight. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't expecting it at all. And I wake up the next day, like tons of notifications and tons of new followers and people from work texting me like, oh, did you see this? And my friends, <laughs> oh my wait, <laughs> what? Like all of a sudden my social anxiety kicks in and I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, this amount of people have seen me. You're trying to tell me thousands of people have seen my face on their phone. <laughs> there's there's a part of it that's like crazy in an amazing incredible way that our phones can literally connect us this way but on the other end of it it's scary because it's every single person i know in my life has seen this making a fool of myself you know yeah in your mind it's like oh my gosh i look so foolish but then i'm like wow this is amazing i'm like what what are you guys seeing because i see the total opposite but i get it i understand i understand first of all all your content is is great let's let's put that out there let's let's put that out there all your content is great i just be looking at you and i'm like wow look at that go look at that go Okay, yeah, sorry. I I think I cut you off. You can keep going. No, it's okay. Um, The social content just started gaining more traction. I started shifting a bit more focus into that with my full-time job. But then there was one particular month that I will never forget when the stress levels were just reaching an all-time high, the workload was reaching an all-time high. But simultaneously, like, thank God, thank God, I'm so grateful that DJing was also, I don't want to say peaking, but it was just like peaking in my newcomer time. In my initial like phase entering the industry, there was a point where I was thank God like getting like gigs on a very consistent basis and like gigs that were like good gigs with other people on the lineup whether they be like singers or musicians or other DJs yeah so it was a great time on that side and so I just sat with myself and I was like do I want to be working like all these hours in a day it doesn't matter how much or little I work at the end of the month I'm still gonna get the same paycheck Mm. Whereas I could really grind, you know, give this my all and see like how far I could take it. To the regular person, DJing might not seem it's that big of a deal, but you could 
take that and turn it into so many other things. And so I would just try that. What I think is incredible is taking that step to saying, you know what, I'm still going to get the same pay. Why do I need to go the regular route or the mundane route or the this is how my life is supposed to be route when I could do something else that is enjoyable? It was a hobby. Now I can make the hobby into something, into my living, right? And so I would ask, were you ever overwhelmed just trying to gather yourself to make the transition? Before you quit a job, what was going through your mind? Were you thinking about what people would think of you? Just like for context, there was also like a lot of other issues with my time at my previous job besides just like the workload and oh it doesn't matter how much or little I'll I'd work like I think there are so many things that you should factor in before taking a huge decision like leaving your job especially when you don't have anything lined up it's definitely not as easy or as simple as I'm making it out to be it was just like a decision at the time when that that had already been brewing for a couple of months like it was a thought on my mind but I still like DJing wasn't a factor at that point and so I was like there needs to be something else like I can't just leave and not have anything else and so when DJing became a factor and it started growing and then I had reached a point where my mental health was really struggling there are a lot of people nowadays that I still talk to that will tell me oh I'm definitely not happy at my job like is anyone happy at their job but like I mean it pays the bills like I don't have anything else or like I don't want to look for anything else like it's fine it's comfortable it's stable it's whatever but you know it it really does affect us like a lot like I'm still recovering genuinely from like a lot of the trauma that I suffered from my previous job like genuine Mm. trauma and so yeah I just since it had been brewing for a few months, like I had already been saving up money for a few months and trying to also save money in conjunction from my DJing gigs. And so that was a backup kind of, you know, mattress that I had there to cushion what was going to come after leaving. And I was definitely concerned about what my family would think, especially because most of my family didn't know what I was going to get into afterwards. Specifically in my office, it was all girls at the office. And so we had all gotten very close to each other. And they had become my friends because I spent so much time at my previous job. Like I didn't have a life outside of work, really. So so much happened from me leaving that but then in exchange I got a lot in return that I thought it was worth the exchange. How did you manage not to lose your mind? (laughs) Because work trauma is a real thing. How did you overcome that? You did talk about mental health but could you give us a little bit more? I cannot give you like a like an answer simply because I'm still trying to figure it out mm, to be honest. Mm, like, what coping mechanisms are you currently using to overcome that genuinely trying to find what I really love doing for absolutely no reason like what's the thing that you love to do that like there's no purpose behind it you're not trying to get better at it you're, it's not like it's a puzzle that you're trying to finish or like if what's the goal on the opposite end it should be just because it makes me happy and so mm. that's what I'm like trying to really explore and then in return like do more out of I figured out recently mm-hmm. that I really enjoy cross-stitching it's so <laughs> random it doesn't really this took like a couple of weeks but every time like I'm just like a little bit stressed mm. like I just sit there and I'll I'll sit and like I'll just like work at it for like an hour or like however long like I just don't feel like the time passing by is just really fun and really oh relaxing. that's like it's relieving <laughs> yes it's a relaxing yeah. thing so just like stuff like little it's honestly just like really really coming to appreciate the little things that make you happy mm-hmm. that like just help make day-to-day life more enjoyable when you already have like so much free time on your hands and you're fully like responsible for everything that goes on in your life and so you can some days it's 
it's exactly like how it would be like at a bad day at a bad week at a full-time job like mm-hmm. where you just have a deadline and everything is super stressful and your boss is being the worst like I'll be like that with myself you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to film and you have to go here and you have a show and all that stuff and then there are weeks where I'm genuinely just drained and I don't even want to talk to anyone um, let alone work so mm-hmm. It's just like figuring out how to balance that and be graceful with myself, like during both phases. Mm-hmm. So if you had to give someone advice, they're looking into quitting their job right now and they shouldn't just make uprooted decision. What advice would you give them? I think that you really have to have some level of preparation fully devote yourself to something you don't have to throw your entire like body into it but be prepared that if you're going to make the step to leave something that is stable and consistent despite how stressful or horrible or anything it might be make sure that you have something solid there it doesn't have to be a huge thing but you just have to see the potential in it and know that you have the belief in yourself enough turn it into something i like that the belief in yourself you like that i love it so now the question is how can you (laughs) someone believe in themselves Hmm? (laughs) still something that comes and goes because especially with the society that we're in today like with our generation and being on social media all the time you are constantly prone to comparing yourself and seeing different things that people are doing around the world. Um, I could compare myself to a DJ who started around my same time and had like a similar growth journey, but they're located in the US or so. So they may have different opportunities or people that they're exposed to and vice versa for me. Like at the end of the day, journeys or situations or just stuff shouldn't be like as easily comparable as it is (laughs) and so there are times where you sit there and you'll be telling yourself oh I need to improve this or I need to buy that or look like that or do this or whatever but then you always just need to come back to the center point of no like I got to where I am today because of the stuff that I'm doing so like I must be doing something right you know like who I am is what brought me to this point, what got the people that are around me, around me, or the opportunities that are in front of me. You just have to know and trust that it's just easier to be yourself too. Like mm-hmm. you stress yourself out trying to constantly keep up with something else because at a, at a certain point, something is going to give. Like you're going to just not be able to uphold this image that people think of you. Yes, it's just easier to be yourself. That brings me peace. That that sentence alone. <laughs> that helps you sleep at night. Yes, it does because <laughs> it's hard out here already. So imagine having to be a doppelganger or to be somebody else. Yeah. Man, who needs that stress? But with that being said, we're gonna transition into the music coming to hey. you live from Cairo, Egypt, by DJ Ned. Let's do it. Nowhere to find me, but 
you rush me off, try if you brush me off, I see. Bad man likes calling me from unruly, girl, why be? Why be, why be, why be? Disrespect we and shot a lobby, yeah. They try to say we done, pussy, we can't done. We can't done, we can't done, we can't done. We can't done, we can't done, we can't done.
man pass me the red luster. But tonight it in the eye, my pa. We did with cash, no, they do transfer. You know where shit till they laugh, my shirt's girl, sir. Say, you know, say I sex, pa. Every time with the wounded shot. No, come on. Please. Baby, show all your fair marble. Cast the let them know. No, go they for corner. Carry last final. Baby, show all your fair marble. Now we talk the ladder. Back in the days, they no like Mama Tao, like Mama Tao. Now let me feel I'm for back while I doubt. Baby, you for sure, but this shake off like he be them, they go flex on you. Hope I no get money, so hope I say money be root of the net i have a question for you i'm ready <laughs> you sure yes give it to me as a woman as a lady as a young girl mm-hmm. in this entertainment industry mm-hmm. field, <laughs> how difficult is it so i can understand a little bit of how difficult it is or how it can be in the states but now we're in the motherland mm-hmm. i'm sure there's some other complications there too because you know the stigma of being a woman in the continent is mm-hmm. <laughs> is highly it is highly but the highly is on a different level that right. sometimes yes i'm sure you understand <laughs> where i'm going so how is it being female dj in Cairo. Being a female DJ in Cairo can be very overwhelming most of the time. <laughs> now, overwhelming is a strong word. You have to explain what that means. It's it it can, it can be a lot, okay? Mm. <laughs> so, I don't want to sit here and like paint this horrible picture about how women are viewed and treated in Africa or mid- or the Middle East or wherever but realistically it is a lot like stricter there are like more expectations placed on like how you should look or act or who you should marry when you should marry what you should do where you should go there's just like so many opinions and expectations that are just placed on you from the moment that you're born so when you do something that's slightly against the grain, let alone like loudly and publicly and on social media, it mm. can overwhelm me externally and then just internally between me and myself. Just overthinking content or overthinking what I'm going to wear to a gig. Just going out, like, can I be seen here? Can I be seen with the like this group of people? Or like not even in... A negative way but just like overthinking the slightest little things because now like I could be in the most random place and like someone knows who I am and like what the inside mm. of my house looks like and what my full name is like <laughs> it's just like a lot and especially as a woman it can just drive you insane if you let it yeah just getting into more specifics I guess when it comes to gigs and shows it can be very tricky because obviously people always tell you like first impressions are everything and just the way that I present myself I like to dress up I like to put makeup on I'm generally just like very friendly and just like on the most surface of levels like I'm a woman (laughs) and so just like being a woman in a male-dominated industry and you're constantly surrounded by men at you know, shows or in a studio or wherever you are, it already puts you in a certain kind of light, I guess. So at first it was tricky for me navigating just like how to 
set the proper boundary where I don't burn this bridge or I can still have this connection. But at the same time, this person needs to know like who I am and what I'm about and what I'm here for. So yeah, it was a lot of that at the beginning and learning how to stand up for myself. Even the key word here is learning <laughs> because sometimes I may not go about things the best way but it's a it's because I have a lot of already pent up <laughs> annoyed just generally being so fed up with knowing that someone is treating me a certain kind of way because I'm a woman and because they don't think I'm gonna say anything or because they think I'm gonna get away they're gonna get away with it navigating how to deal with that in a professional way and still like come out happy essentially because that's why we're doing this at the end of the day <laughs> Just like being a woman, because the way that TikTok works, you your content just gets sent out to sent out to the masses. It doesn't get sent out to a specific group of people or your followers or anything. And so also just the general population in Egypt, like having my content just go out to whoever, wherever, sometimes I just find the scariest comments on my videos and the scariest looking people following me and I'm like this is actually insane please, get please be nice or you're getting blocked the thing is I just be blocking people <laughs> you said it. forget it I don't have time for this just <laughs> Walk. Like, I don't even need your follow because this is insane. Right. Could you share a comment that you received from one of these scary people that you remember? You know, a comment that I, like, remember too vividly is, it, it wasn't scary, but I remember it having, like, a, like such a significant effect on me. Mm. And it was this... Um, like just guy on he had like a religious account and he was like posting like super religious islamic content and i i don't want to like portray islam in any kind of way he's just like obviously like more extremist and he just like wrote this comment on my video and it was just talking about how i was gonna go to hell and like i'm spreading music when you should be like spreading whatever and you're just this way when you should be doing that shame on you i hope your parents are proud like something like that and i just read it and it sent me into like a whole spiral to be <laughs> for like one day though you have to have like a little mini breakdown and just bounce back you're like you're a person so like feel it mm -hmm. feel the feelings <laughs> did it make you double think what you were doing definitely definitely mm. definitely because i am like i don't want to say i'm super religious and you know abide by every single aspect of islam but god is like an important part of my life and mm -hmm. i do like hold a lot of the pillars of Islam very strongly in my life and I let them kind of guide me and so there are a lot of ideologies about music and the role that it plays and all that stuff but what I'm, I'm doing at least and this is what's working for me now is like I know my relationship with God mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not perfect by any means and this might not be what I'm supposed to be doing this might not be the quote-unquote right thing to do but you know what i believe is that you know god god is giving me these opportunities like god is presenting me with these opportunities during the times where i get depressed or like go off the grid for a while or like i'm not getting as many shows and then i start having doubts and then all of a sudden like positive things start to happen and stuff gets lined up and like opportunities come out of nowhere or i meet these amazing people out of nowhere and i'm like but this all wouldn't be happening if you know <laughs> yes. something has to be you know going yes. on here <laughs> yes i agree i agree let's not let the outside world influence our day-to-day -day decisions. And I'm going to take my own advice too, of course. I, I need to do that as well. We are humans and sometimes comments will make us feel like, oh my gosh, really? You don't think I'm going to make it? But it's who are you? I don't know what you're doing. You could be portraying this good old person, but exactly. you're totally the, the total opposite, you know? And here I am just trying to be me and this is the backlash. So no, 
let's not let's not let that affect us and you're doing great so yes <laughs> you're still god's you. favorite kid so don't worry about <laughs> it anyways and so another question for you any funny moments have you encountered while djing at any i don't know venue a party an event someone booked you privately for something funny moments like i i think to me it was funny when people asked to take pictures with me like because oh look at you <laughs> no you but famous. I, but i feel like to them it's not funny like to them they're like excited and to they're me so i'm like, excited. And they're like, <laughs> like me you want to take a picture with me <laughs> like huh um okay did i drop an album i didn't know about okay let's do it though no but i think there's also like just the culture of like when people i don't know if this is a culture but i've seen this happen too many times for it to not be a thing like i don't know where if you're on a night out people dancing or whatever and then at the end of the night like when the dj comes off stage like people will just like go and take pictures with them <laughs> like i don't know just like to remember a great night <laughs> You know, that's lovely because now I'm thinking about it. I've done it too. Yeah! <laughs> but it was like, I did it to one of my favorite DJs, really. Uh... And so I met him some years back. I need to create a bond between me and uh, this guy. That's this is This is my favorite. And so from now, like since that picture, since that interaction, we've been cool. Shout out to DJ Neptizzle. That's my favorite. Ooh, and so it. when I see him, it's just like, Neb, oh my gosh. As if he's like my best friend that I haven't seen in years. You know, just that one interaction. So <laughs> continue to take the pictures with your lovely fans. Yeah. We love it. Okay. <laughs> So please keep doing that for sure. I would also say that one thing I do notice um, that I do is after certain places I've been to, I hit up other DJs and just let them know, oh, you did a really good job. And so yeah. if people are coming up to you and asking for pictures, it's because you're doing great. You're doing exactly what you need to do. You're hyping up the crowd. They're enjoying the night. So don't stop. Keep smiling. Aww. Look at this. Look at that smile. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to take a picture with you? Aww. You got to be on some Beyonce level they need to know hey I met her before I was with her shooting in the gym type you know so keep taking pictures with them they love it yeah I think that's amazing (laughs) any other funny moments that you have I don't know how you feel about this too but I think it's Mm -hmm. funny when people like ask me to play certain songs and I don't want to play them and then I don't play them and then they get they come to me mad at the end of the night (laughs) like you really remember like all like two, three hours went by and you still came at the end of the night to tell me that I didn't play your song. Like, it's okay. You can listen to it on the way home. <laughs> ah, say it like it is. Like, again, like DJing culture is different. The line between good and bad is very blurred here. Mm. I feel like people people here are very comfortable with what they know. And so as long as they Got know it. what's going on and like, let's say they know like every single song the dj has played throughout the night but then all of the transitions are bad like they don't care yeah it doesn't matter this dj will still get booked again they're gonna you know grow and have a fan base and whatever and like still you know mm-hmm. versus like someone who like plays like someone could play like not as like all these like underground like SoundCloud like obscure like just random tracks, but then like kill it like with effects and transitions and mixing and all this layering and stuff, and like they'll be considered you know whatever. I don't know how to explain mm, it. No, I get so, it. I get it's it. It's just like it. different. I feel like people just be requesting. I'll be like doing R&B, Afro beats, hip hop type set. People just be requesting traditional like Arabic pop music. And I'm like, I clearly can't play that. Like, why are you requesting that? Do you <laughs> See, not so that's understand context, the flow? You know? I don't sound as savage as you thought I did before. <laughs> <laughs> that part is very new. I can definitely understand that. I'm confused as to how you think this works. You think this is just press and play? No, it's not. It's a craft. Right. So I definitely. Or when they tell you, like, let me send you the song or can you download it? I'm like, no. Right now? (laughs) Just be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Send it. Give it to my boy right here. Okay. Actually, 
this isn't like funny it was just annoying i but i literally had this one time this man stood next to me for like a good like 45 minutes trying to send me a song from his phone so i could play it and i was like djing using my laptop until so he kept like trying to airdrop it and then he was like doing a wee transfer and he was like really going like hard for this song i was like yo i don't want to play your song like i don't know what this is i don't want to play it like stop please what's really going on and then if i was to play this and everybody's looking at me sideways what do i say you told me to play it they don't know you they don't care about you i'm just gonna give you the headphones <laughs> yeah just here to take just take it when you have your sets do you interact with the mic a lot with the mic mm-hmm. like I with the crowd so mic don't... at all i feel like that's also not part of the culture here like it's not mm-hmm. typical at all for people to be using mics unless it's like a concert and like you're in a like a stadium with a lot of people otherwise if you're just like in a club or in a venue like you probably don't have a mic but also clubs are different than they are over there i feel like they aren't as grand they're more so like you can easily see and get to the dj if you need to and it's not like they're like super far away from you Mm. at a couple of venues they're like on ground level like you can just go up and like bend over the little you know booth and talk to them if you need to there aren't like security guards or like a backstage area like it's pretty just like you know you're like one with the crowd like the booth Mm -hmm. is like very close to the crowd and so that type of environment in general is easier for people to interact with you like they'll just like come up super close and like talk or like whether they're like shouting out like a song that they want to listen to or like they're giving you a compliment or they're like taking a video of you or with you like there are different ways for you to just like interact with people i got it that makes sense i think i kind of prefer that to myself i don't necessarily think i'm a mic person so most places i've been or have been djing there's always an mc so they can carry the mic and do the interaction where i just play the music which is what i would prefer i don't know if i'm more of like a everybody scream ah i don't know (laughs) (laughs) but you do have the voice for like yeah mic interaction though right you you're right you're right i think so too but i think i might have to practice at home or something for it (laughs) move to the left now guys all right to the mm, mm, i don't know I don't know. know. But so another question for you is what is the Afrobeat scene out there? Is there an Afrobeat scene? Yes, definitely. It's very small, I feel like. But there's definitely an Afrobeat scene here. In Egypt in general, the predominant like genre, you know, taking over is techno and electronic and like house music and so there are a lot of like opportunities and festivals and gigs for that but then like with Afrobeats from my perspective at least for the last few years it was more so like underground so there were still so there would be like Afrobeats gigs or nights or whatever once a week or maybe once a month or something at only certain places Mm -hmm. and it wasn't usually like the popular places and then I feel like when a little bit after Afrobeats hit the mainstream like in general just like around the world because I feel like there are a lot of like mainstream rap or like pop artists that have incorporated Afrobeats more into their music therefore you know exposing people to the world that was already like existing for so long um and so because egypt is always like a little bit late to everything a little bit after afrobeats hit the mainstream worldwide it started you know you would listen you would hear it out more like at clubs like more djs would be Mm -hmm. playing it people would be like more used to it and so i feel like me personally when i play afrobeats at my gigs people go crazy people lose it people have so much fun and like I'll be booked for a hip-hop and R&B gig and like it'll be advertised as that and then I'll just start playing it and people Mm -hmm. will love it and so I just keep going and (laughs) that's all I end up playing um, or most of what I end up playing so I feel like there's definitely a scene here that's nice I can't wait to experience that I definitely enjoyed that. I definitely (laughs) enjoyed that. So if it's house and techno, then is I'm a piano in the mainstream right now? 
in Egypt. I'm a pi- I, I be playing like I'm a piano a bit at my shows too, mm-hmm. but I'm a piano hasn't really like Ooh. hit like that over here yet. Interesting. So which type of house are we talking about? Are we talking deep like house? Pop, yeah, poppy, deep tech house okay okay. yeah got it that's a scene that needs to hit okay cool anyways (laughs) it's been a pleasure having you on the show tj it's been a pleasure being here i had so much fun it's we gotta keep we gotta do this i'm gonna have to come to egypt one day and and do an actual live recording in egypt i'll be like we live in cairo and so thank you so much for doing this. I truly appreciate it. First of all, y'all, DJ Neds is booked, okay? Look, no. <laughs> trying to get her to do this, man, it's been a year. No, okay, let me stop, let me stop, let me stop. <laughs> but she's booked up. Make sure you hit all the links I'm going to put in the bio. Support her, follow her. She's doing great things. And we need to see more of it. We're oh, here. Thank We're you, here for you're the best seriously you you. have been like the most amazing person since i've met you consistently the most amazing person and so i just appreciate you for having me here and blushing amazing nostalgic talk honestly it was just like great talking to you (laughs) to be honest yeah right this is another one so we had a first i guess you know a show thing together collaboration in college and now look at us all grown on another show and so it's been on another level on another level and it's only going up from here you feel me only up right. from here Inshallah. so thank you so much <laughs> thank you thank you thank you it was a pleasure thank you